Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show tonight, our Thursday night Survivor show. If you guys have a question on Survivor, you guys can call in um, 347-237-5506. Let's, let's have a great show, guys. Welcome, Survivor fans. Happy Thursday. It's almost the weekend. This is your Rad Reality Show Network. We connect you to the reality stars you love. It's May 19th, 2016. I'm Cherry Garcia, and I'm so glad you're with us tonight for the Mike and the Mike show with host Mike Albright, who is the number one Survivor fan in the world. And tonight he's calling in on location from his hotel room at the Survivor finale event out in Los Angeles, California, where he's been having fun and meeting all the cast members from Survivor Korong and having fun with the alumni that he's already great friends with. And before he went out there, his number was at 431 survivors that he's met in person. I can't wait to find out what his number is now. And I don't know who or if he's going to have a guest tonight, since this is the day that Most everyone is leaving to fly home from out there, but I do know Mike is going to have some amazing stories for us, and I can't wait to hear them because he's been out there for days now having a blast. So if you have any questions or comments and want to call in and say hi to Mike, just dial 1-347-237-5506. And make sure you press the number one key on your phone once you're on our switchboard. So let's start off by playing a little music to bring our host up on air with. Here we go, folks. They have volunteered to be marooned for 39 days. This is their story. This is Survivor. 
super fan, Mike. Mike, you're up. Hi, Mike. Hey, uh, I'm calling to you live from the 405 freeway in Los Angeles, California. Uh, there is a, uh, that is Mr. Bob Crowley's uh, GPS on his cellular phone. We're trying to get to a location near LAX. And we've been, we sound like people from L.A. because we went from the 101 to the uh, to the 110 to the 105, and now we're currently on the 405, and we're here to talk about the awesome uh, Survivor Korong finale and reunion show that I just attended. So, Sherry, from, uh, from your house, how were things? Then I can give you some more insider information from the studio because it was probably... I would say in the top three craziest reunion shows and finales just because of uh, the, the, the crazy antics that happened uh, during the show. So what was it like? What was your just general reaction to it? It was amazing. I mean, to see Sia pop up during the reunion, um, I thought that was incredible. What she did for Ty, I thought was absolutely just so heartwarming. And when she first went up there, my first thought was, to be honest with you, I thought she was going to say she flew Mark home. Oh, yeah, that would have been a nice trick. But I think uh, Cambodian Customs wasn't going to allow... um, All right. old Mark, we got to see what happened with old Mark the chicken. So, but yeah, All right. And if you, and from uh, from talking to people at CBS and uh, Survivor Entertainment Group, that was not something that was arranged. That was totally spontaneous, and it threw off the rhythms of the entire uh, reunion show, which uh, they have pretty much an orchestrated thing to do. So I know the show ran late. They were trying to get to the reading of the votes, and that happened, and then they had a promo for the Price is Right featuring Survivor, which will be next week, starting Monday, uh, May 23rd. So it was just a very interesting uh, uh, interesting moment, and, and one of the cool insider things that everyone in the crowd got to see, and uh, we, we got to see Sia's face. So I imagine there's some picture on the Internet because I know her uh, – she doesn't like to perform and show her face. I think she wants it to be more about the music and not about what she looks like. But uh, for the four people in this car, one of which will be one of our special guests, we, we got to see her face. So if you go to a Survivor finale, you might get to see things you just don't see on your television. Um, That's incredible. Ooh. I was really proud yeah. of her, though, to give Ty $50,000 for himself and then another $50,000 for the charity of his choice. Yeah, Ty was, um, Ty was a phenomenal player, very popular, and I know she made a – she got a plug for uh, the old sprint, the sprint player of the season, and uh, that, those are, uh, that was a very prestigious honor that uh, Sprint did for a while, and uh, they don't need more, and I wish they, wish they did, but Ty was the person I was most looking forward to seeing and – Boy, did Ty deliver. Uh, what a guy. What an amazing person. He did some he, – he was very helpful. He was very nice to all the fans. But uh, he, he helped me by calling one of my friends. He gave me a jar of honey that I wasn't able to take with me because I 
only took a carry-on, but it was delicious honey, so if you can get Thai honey, I highly recommend it. And he gave me a wow. shirt. Amazingly, uh, the shirt he gave me was the, the same design that he had on his, that he wore on the show, and the shirt he gave me was an extra large, and it fit. So that was uh, pretty pretty crazy indeed. So, yeah, Ty's, Ty's the man. He, he was, And I can't wait to see what he does. And what charity names? I don't know if there's any charities uh, near and dear to Ty's heart. I can uh, I can recommend a couple animal charities if he needs any help and happens to be listening to this or listens to it later. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of great organizations that help animals across the country and across the world. I don't know if there's any Absolutely. chicken organizations that, that <laughs> animals. I know the Heifer Foundation will send animals to third world nations for them to eat and use so i don't know who's saving the chickens but yeah it was a great thing and so ty was definitely my favorite to interact with but the entire cast were well it was a phenomenal cast it was even you know people that were portrayed as quote-unquote bullies on social media they were great everyone was was lovely and friendly Signed autographs, took pictures. So it was a, it was a, it was a great finale. Now there was some challenge. They had a lot of people still on location from uh, CBS, so there was a very large number of seat fillers, and it was a, it was a chaos coming in and filling seats because in the past, uh, I was earlier in the line or were given specific seat filler seats. So this time, they basically were just hauling us around and saying, jump in any open seat you can find. And uh, I took uh, my friend who's a uh, media mogul and a Canadian superstar, Mr. Merch Jaffer, as my plus one. And as old savvy fans, we were trying to fight to get uh, two seats together. As soon as they said, find a seat, we broke off from each other and didn't – we sat right next to each other in different sections, but – we weren't going to try to find two seats together because, as with anything, a lot of people wanted to see the Survivor finale. It's the number one reality show of all time, and it's a hot ticket to get. So I was honored to be in the studio. But uh, what a what an episode! It was. Uh, we had an amazing thing in 32 seasons, something totally unprecedented with uh, the twist that came. Uh, yes. One thing that surprised me, besides the twist. And I don't, I was, I've been, it's been kind of crazy, as you can tell, we're doing this from a, a car heading to a location near the airport, is I didn't get to look up the data on this, but that was one of the only times that there was not a family visit on Survivor season. I hope they don't do away with it for financial reasons, because one of the, my favorite episodes was and is the family visit of every season, so you get to see uh, important people to these survivors and, you know, family members or, you know, a good friend, and we didn't get to see that, and I thought it would come at the finals like it has for the past few seasons, but that didn't happen. So. I know. Did did you talk to any of this cast about that? Did, did any of them feel sort of gypped in a way that their families didn't get to come out and see where they were, you know, living in, in Survivor and get that family visit? How did they feel uh, about it? I I think I had, well I was had a pretty good rapport with Ty going into this finale. So when uh when I met his his partner Mark, you know I was just you know casually asking him. I didn't really want to spoil it per se, but I wanted to just you know 
I assumed he went out on location at the Final Four and got to come out there, but he, you know, he gave a very uh, political answer, didn't really say yes or no, and then after the fact, you know, there, there was no family visit, so I did come back and talk to him, and uh, yeah, he was a little surprised. I didn't really know who the other cast would have brought. We got to meet their families and and whatnot, but I'm not sure who Aubrey would have taken her, Michelle or Sydney. I bet Sydney would have taken her mom. That makes sense. But I'm not sure about Michelle or Aubrey. Aubrey, um, I'm just not sure. And sorry, we've done, we're driving around here, Sherry, and uh, uh, Bob Crowley's back here in the back, so I guess you don't need to wait for him to dial in, but uh, Bob was here, and uh, he he was experienced, and as a Bob is a past survivor. How big was the family visit for your experience out there in Gabon? That was one of the uh, probably the most exciting um, couple of you know day that I had out there. It was just amazing, and my um, visit was especially exciting because they told us it wasn't going to happen, and we had real you know we sort of come to grips with the fact that we. We're going to see our family, and then they surprised me with Peg. <laughs> wow! So yeah, we're dirty dogs. <laughs> yeah, you guys will keep you guessing for sure. Uh, with that, so we're pulling into a parking. Go, go for it. We're just sitting here in the driveway. We're just we're freaking our connection. Um, yeah, so no family visits. So that was a twist, but the biggest twist. Uh, culminating for seven years, and I'm trying to do the math, that'd be 14 seasons, so this was first discussed. Might have been, I'm trying to do the math, that might have been back, how long ago was uh, Gabon? Eight years. Eight years ago, so probably, you know, Nicaragua time, the uh, nullification of a jury member's vote, and I, a lot of chatter on that, who they'd get, and I think Michelle and Aubrey had flipped apart, and it was Michelle's option to have that advantage, and she was going to nullify someone that would have been helpful for uh, for uh, Aubrey's game because she knew Aubrey was her biggest threat, not Ty. And, boy, she took out Neil, and then Neil had a clever – I don't have the quote there. I don't know if you happen to – I'm working with uh, zero pages of notes to share, just hundreds of pages of memories <laughs> in my brain. But, you know, Neil – just totally cut into Michelle. I thought it was, I thought it was funny because I, I still support Aubrey. I think she played a better game. I think we had a jury that just felt like they kind of liked Michelle better. Um, I don't know if their butts were necessarily hurt or not, but I, I think they just liked her gameplay and respected it better than Aubrey's. But I think Aubrey, there's somebody trying to pull out. We might need to pull in. Um, Aubrey, um, I think she just played well, and I and Ty, we all love Ty to death. He's an amazing character. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Ty in the future in some installment of Survivor, but I think Michelle's decision was, was very intelligent to nullify um, someone that would be advantageous or for Aubrey. So taking out Neil, who was very articulate, uh, was a smart move because if they had taken Joe out, um, I think Joe would have been an automatic Aubrey vote too, but I don't see Joe 
you know, being vicious or articulate or going right at, you know, Michelle on fight like Neil would have been for Aubrey. So I thought it was I thought it was a great play by Michelle, one of her good plays. She did win four immunities uh, over the course of the game. So, but there's a lot of backlash right now on the in the online survivor world that you know I don't think Michelle is going to be an extremely popular winner. And even some people are saying she's going to be kind of a forgettable winner. And for fans, I don't think we forget any of the, you know, people that win, win the game. Any winner is a winner. Whatever you do to win your season and earn those jur- the majority of the jury's vote is important. But I just thought it was interesting. And the, the crowd reaction in the theater, the, they're, we're intentionally told, you know, you're not going to boo somebody or all that. But I think from the audience reaction, whenever anything happened in the season or episode, the audience was pretty pro Aubrey. Um, and, and, and as you watch the editing, it looked like this was a very Aubrey centric episode, like they've a lot of them have been. And then we got blindsided by Michelle winning the game. So interesting. What are your thoughts of that, Sherry? Looking at how the jury voted, we have a five to two to zero vote, and once again, somebody gets no votes in the final three, which happens so many times. So what's your take? Well, I'm, I certainly feel like you do. I absolutely feel like Aubrey deserved it. She played this game so much more throughout the entire, you know, the entirety of the game Um, from early on all the way to the end. She was, an integral part of each and every decision that was being made out there and every play, you know, every, every tribal council, she had something to do with what was happening. And I don't think the same can be said for either of the other two, even Ty. There was a period of time where Ty was simply writing the coattails of Jason and Scott. It wasn't yeah. a, a real long period of time, but you know there was a period of time where he wasn't even you know making decisions. He was just simply riding along with them. Um, mm-hmm. Where and Michelle was really just saying, "Who are we voting for?" Where yeah. Aubrey was the one who was, you know using her brain and deciding what was the best moves to make to get things done and thinking, you know, steps ahead and figuring the game out. And I think the jury just didn't want to see that. They didn't, I don't know. I I think a lot of us saw it at home, but the jurors didn't. Mhm. And I haven't uh I haven't seen the Ponderosa videos for uh or the cause I guess it's just the one Ponderosa video first, you know, Sydney going home at the final four. But one of my you know, I've seen people what they said about it on Twitter and it seems like Sydney coming to Ponderosa, she wasn't very well received by some of the jurors, so I, I who knows what their reaction was and everyone's you know, the social dynamics with that, but I, you know, I, there's been a lot of the time I agree with the jury and I mean, ultimately it's their choice, but as a, as a fan, I just didn't, didn't really like, didn't really like this, but, uh, 
Uh, it was interesting. Ty had a chance to take Aubrey out and not even make her a factor. And instead, he helped force a tie in a fire-making challenge, which right, I thought could help Aubrey's, Aubrey's case for, uh, you know, you know, Ty did that move, but it didn't help him at all with the jury. And for some reason, it didn't seem to help. <laughs> didn't help Aubrey either. And I don't know if Sydney just did build that closer bond with Michelle, but you know, I guess. If well, you I think he would have been in the same position had it been Sydney there or Aubrey. I think. I think he would have been sort of in the same position. You know, we talked last week about Ty just didn't have he. He didn't articulate well enough to the jury his gameplay. And Mm -hmm. that's what I was concerned about um, with Ty because he he doesn't articulate his gameplay well enough Mm -hmm. when speaking. And I was always concerned about that if he made it to the final three. And basically it... It came down to that. He really didn't talk about his gameplay enough at all. He could have had a, a much better argument. I agree, I agree for sure, yeah. He wasn't very articulate. when, Even at the reunion show when Jeff's trying to talk to him, he, he got to the point where it was like the coach or the Phillip button where he's like, okay, you could see Jeff having to force, you know, segues and cut him off and, He's got so many good thoughts, but just, you know, bringing that together. Um, I, I guess yeah. while we're here with, uh, with Bob, you've, Bob, you've experienced being in a final three and, you know, fighting against a, a very uh, a jury that had was very opinionated and also had some interesting Ponderosa videos. I think Gabon's got some of the, the best uh, angst-ridden jury members about the the division between Coda and Fong, but what was it like and how did you prep getting in there to the final three and why do you think you were successful? Um, I was having a, I was actually trying to um, put together my speech to the jury on the way to, uh, on the way to the last tribal and uh, Susie was so excited about getting there. She wouldn't stop talking and I was trying to, trying to politely sort of listen while I was trying to articulate in my brain what uh, my um, speech was going to be, and it was very difficult. I I pretty much knew that there was was a lot of animosity among people on my season, and I uh, I knew that it was going to be pretty much between Susie and me, uh, and in some cases, I don't think people necessarily voted uh, for uh, Susie as much as they just voted against me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenny was very uh, anti-Bob, and the uh, I think Maddie I got uh, Maddie voted for Susie, and I think that was a um, a legitimate old uh, alliance that he had. Mm-hmm. And but Crystal, Crystal and Kenny were. I uh, had a very tough time at Ponderosa. The mm-hmm. uh, Coda clan was tight, and it was not like a high school situation. It was more like a junior high school situation. <laughs> and interestingly enough, some of that still goes on today. Sugar just sent me a, an email two weeks ago where 
Corinne is still rattling her cage. So it uh, the final three was is an interesting situation, but we we really I really did feel that uh, it was t- I thought it was touch and go, and it actually was. It was mm-hmm. it was one vote that uh, got me the win, and that was Randy, who I had uh, given the fake idol to, and I. I just appreciate the fact that he's enough of an aficionado of the game to realize that I did give him a fake idol, but it was, um, you know, it was good gameplay, I think, on my part, and I think Randy realized that. Mm-hmm. And the other advantage I have is Randy hates both Susie and Sugar. So, again, <laughs> I, I think it was uh, something that was edited out was Randy, when he went to vote, turned around and said to Jeff, they're all a bunch of effing losers, so I have to vote for anybody. And Jeff actually didn't have an immediate response. He turned around to the producers, and everybody looked like they were slightly confused. And then Jeff turned around and said, yeah, you have to vote for one of these three. And and Randy begrudgingly voted for me, which I don't care what the grudge was as long as he did. It worked out well for me. That's awesome, and I think the the biggest thing is the way his his vote out was portrayed was the it seemed more malicious, but I think that was coming more from like you said, Corinne, who I think is like likes to hold things in for a while. But you're you were just trying to make a move to save yourself, and you had no you didn't want to make Randy look bad. But I think there was a little more of that possibly from other people in the game, and uh, why. You know, Sugar got shut out, and like Ty, she was a big focal point of your season. A lot, of, you know, a lot happened and hinged around her. Uh, what do you think the jury's animosity was towards Sugar? Um, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not really sure. They mm-hmm. just uh, right from the beginning, she she rubbed some people the wrong way, and uh, and again, we go, it was it was it was like as a teacher, it just reminded me of, you know, squabbles in junior high. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's uh, inter- inter- interestingly enough, I, I got a, a lot of grief afterwards because a lot of people, you know, a lot of the fans like Sugar and they still do. She's a, she's a great kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I took a lot of grief because I won fan favorite and a lot of people thought I should have given that to, to Sugar. Um, however, what they didn't realize that we signed a contract that you're not allowed to share your winnings, or mm-hmm. or if I if I'd handed it to Sugar and said, "Here, you, you got fan favorite," uh, neither one of us would have gotten it. So, okay, well, well, there you go. More background there. So, uh, Sherry, do you have any uh, questions for Bob while he's here related to his just opinions on anything that happened as a show, or uh, maybe even his season? I, I mean, I could talk to. Him. You know, Bob all day, and I've got all kinds of questions. But I don't still. If you have anything you'd like to say, your parallels between, you know, this his season now with you know two women and a guy. Um, I don't know what kind of questions you have. If you do, I do have one question. Um, both of you, basically, do you prefer a final three or a final two? I actually prefer a final two, uh, but uh, the it's I that's sort of I, I just prefer a final two, and uh, I did really like the twist uh, this season where they uh, voted out a jury member. Uh, 
Um, I thought that was a very exciting um, and entertaining twist when we all thought that they were going to have to uh, uh, vote one of them out uh, to go final two, and and then they voted out a jury member. It just mm-hmm. it caught us all by surprise, and I thought it was a I thought it was a great twist. Cool, and I I agree with that. Your previous statement, if you had the option, Bob, because you won the final challenge in your season, I assume Kenny would have been voted out of the jury if you were afforded that option, or would, would you have done something different? Or I would, yeah, and Kenny would have gone if I had that if I had that option because I knew that he, as a matter of fact, he has not spoken to me in eight years. Oh, he did say hi, Bob, once, but uh, when we were at a fundraiser and and. Uh, in Cal City, Iowa, he I got he was in a van and I got in the van with him. We were going from one place to another, and he looked over, saw me, and got up and got out of the van and got in the the other van that was there. Um, and that's been our sort of relationship for the last eight years. That's sad. Well, I mean, it is a I game. Yeah. Yeah, Kenny's a professional video game player, so I, I, I life the, the best game ever is Survivor, and that kind of reaction is just it's piss poor in my mind, and that's why I always be Team Coda, which I wasn't there, but I definitely like Team Coda plus Randy. So, uh, do you have any other questions about the parallels no, there? Go ahead. Okay, um, and the twist there, not knocking out Neil when talking to Neil, he was. Like I said, this entire cast was, was really great. Uh, but I think Neil's got a very interesting story if he wants to come back and play because not only is he, you know, one of the, you know, there's only been 15 medevacs or so in the history of the show, but not only getting a medevac as a jury member, but the situation where Michelle took him out as a voter. And that just, I think that's an interesting twist. A lot of the former players, you know, didn't like that twist. Uh they weren't winners that I talked to, but uh, they're winners in life, just not winners as Survivor. Um, I guess, Bob, do you, what, did you like that twist? Or, I mean, it would have helped you in, if you had won, but what if what if Susie had won the t- final challenge and nullified, you know, Marcus, Charlie, or Corinne, it would have been automatic votes for you, I guess. So how would you have felt about that? Um, well, I wouldn't have liked that if Susie had won because that yeah. would have, uh, actually, would have ended up forcing it to a tie, three-three, and then yeah. Um, although, uh, yeah, it would have forced it to a tie, which would have been inconvenient trying to build a fire in the studio. Yeah, and that would have been weird. Now we're still not exactly sure. I guess fire making would be the tiebreaker, but uh, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention we had two other people in the vehicle, and one of which. I'm not sure where he is currently. He's uh, the, the ma- amazing Kevin Thurber, who is instrumental in the Durham Warriors Survivor Challenge. We also have uh, a great friend of mine, uh, Mr. Derek Meredith, who's also a huge Survivor fan. Uh, do you have any questions for Bob, Derek, or uh, your opinions on this finale? Which was this was Derek's first time at the finale, so you know I'm a bit jaded, and Bob might even be because we've both been seat fillers before, and it's kind of an old hat for us, but, you know, Derek, do you have any uh, thoughts or feelings on this finale? This finale was, it was outstanding. They they put together a great group of people. 
They had an outstanding season that, that kept you going the entire time and wondering. Um, the entire experience of being out here, being able to see how, how everybody goes through this and how it's produced is just, it's a completely different thing, and you'd never realize it watching from home. And so I definitely uh, advise that if you love the show and you have the ability to get out here and, and try to see if you can't get a seat filler position or a uh, or an actual ticket for yourself, I, w- I would definitely recommend doing it. And if uh, you folks have any difficulty putting this name with this face, if you remember when the illustrious Jeff Probst strolled into the audience, uh, Mr. Meredith was the, sh- the strong guy right to Jeff's right in a bunch of shots. So he was on TV, not first finale, getting a lot of screen time, which is pretty cool. So, uh, you know, check that out. But, Sherry, do you have any questions for Derek? That's being first great. Time? Yeah. First time there and getting a lot of time on, on TV, that's awesome. Yeah. I have a question. A, a wonderful experience. Yeah. What do you got, ma'am? Um, have you guys heard the? It's a pretty big rumor about uh, Survivor Thirty Four, and what it's supposed to be. Um. Yeah, we're kind of a bit of a spoiler spoiler free show, but I think there's a lot of potential ideas. Uh, floating around out there, there's people that we, we we I know many survivors, and many of them could be in the mix for some sort of a returning player scenario. I would assume because we've had back to back seasons with all new players. So I think uh, SEG and CBS and a lot of the fans like to see uh, people come back. We have people we, we're drawn to, and from this season, there's several characters and players that were extremely popular and would be very viable to be in the mix. I, I've, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a returning scenario of some kind. I just don't know for sure who would be or who wouldn't be in there. I think there's a lot of good players that have won that haven't gotten a chance to come back. I mean, there's people that were dynamic jury members that, you know, could come back. And as with anything, there's people that were first boots you know, I don't think Francesca should come back again, but uh, there's all kinds of there's all kinds of people in the mix that are uh, they're amazing people, and, but amazing players and great TV. So I that's my guess is there'll be some kind of a mixture of you know a variety of types of people. Now with the numbers, there could be 20 players, there could be 16, there could be 18, and it's hard to tell. And I don't have anything official um, that I know. There is a list out of of return potential returnees already. Um, hmm. And basically what, I don't know if you want me to say what the... the sure, Sherry. You're, you're the, you produce um, our show, so you can say whatever you want, I guess, and the listeners well, can hear and take it out what they they're want saying to. is supposed to be three teams, and it's going to be winners versus jury members versus early boots. So it will mm-hmm. be all returning players, and there'll be one team of all winners, one team of all jury members, and one team of all people who were booted much too early. And they've already well, got a, a list out of people 
Um, and I'm trying to see how many people from this season. One, two, three. There's one, two, three, four, five people from this season. Hmm. Well, I guess whose list is it? Whose list is it? And who are the five folks listed? And I can tell you how they were in person, at least my perspective on it. I would assume Caleb, for his recent injury, would be uh, somebody that they'd like to get out there quick. And, you know, Ty is about as popular as Rupert and some of the, you know, legends of this, of the game. But uh, are they among the list that you're speaking of? Are there other players? From this season, it is Aubrey, Ty, Debbie, Caleb, and Peter. Mm. Which... I, uh, for most people, I would say they were all, everyone was, was, was friendly and interactive. Debbie, Debbie, especially at the finale, she asked for all the fans to get in the big picture with her, uh, including uh, Bob and Jillian from Gabon. I felt bad for Debbie. She's a big fan, but she, uh, she gave, you know, Jillian was a second boot, so that's already challenging, but she did refer to her as Wanda Shirk, who wasn't picked in Palau, so I, I had to whisper into to Debbie's ear as she was rattling off all the stuff she's done in her life. Um, that's Jillian. That's Jillian. That's Jillian, because she kept calling her Wanda. That was a little insider thing. Oh, my so, gosh. So she was fine. Peter, uh... Peter, we just didn't see as much as some of the other uh, some of the other players. He wasn't around as much. I don't know why that was the case. But when he when he was interacting with the fans, he was great. And um, I've met President Obama back when he was running for president in 2008. And you know, Peter's Peter's a thicker person than uh, not thicker like dumb, but he's uh, more built than the president. But they do have a very similar look. And uh, uh, Caleb. Great guy, very friendly. I know there's some, you know, controversies from some of the stuff he said before he was on Big Brother on social media. But when I was around him, he was, you know, a great guy. And Aubrey, I, I can't say enough good words about Aubrey. So nice, so sweet, so friendly. Um, her, All the people that came with her, they were just a fun bunch. I had Aubrey sign. I bought on eBay a copy of Oregon Trail. She thought it was hilarious. She made sure she put it on, I think she put it on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, she was great, though. If those folks all came back, that'd be great. I, I think it's a little too soon, though, for all those people from one season to come in because that's an automatic advantage there. And I think there's more. I think Peter was an interesting pre-jury player, but I think there might be some, I wouldn't say better pre-jury people, but somebody like Bobby Mason from Panama was a phenomenal person that we didn't really get to see much of, and he would be pre-jury. So, I don't know. But from from that list, I've, I've seen similar lists myself, and there seems like some really strong winners and some strong people on the jury and some strong pre-jury. So it'd be interesting to see who comes out on that. So both. Some of the people the- have been on, like, two and three seasons, um, like Jonathan Penner, Ozzy, um, Sandra Diaz has been on two. Mm-hmm. She was a two-time winner. 
Um, Jeff Varner has been on two seasons. Malcolm Freeberg has been on two seasons. Monica Culpepper, Carolyn Rivera, um, Sabrina mm-hmm. Thompson, those are all on the list. Um, Sophie Clark, Tony Blatchos, uh Yeah, there's a Mike Holloway is a winner. Well, Earl Cole. I think I think Mike uh Mike's been having a fun dirty thirty, mini dirty thirty trips and I don't know if I don't know if Mike's up to up the game, uh how he was in the game, but yeah, some of these other people there's a lot of people listed, but I think there's uh from interacting with the cast, I, I, I think there's some people that everyone thinks could be there that aren't going to be there just because just they're on a list. Um, they, people are living their lives, having babies, doing different things. Um, so we'll see who's on that. But I think uh, before we get all into – we can talk more about that. Yeah. Yeah. But how about 33? Uh, the fan base, I, I know that – from, uh, there's with everything there's a mixed reaction to this new season. Um, we uh, millennials versus Generation X and some terms there. Um, and <laughs> Derek's helping. We're going through the actual people for thirty. For 33, we got to see, I believe, they officially named about eight people on the promo. And I believe one or two of them may have been at the after party. So I don't know officially. Um, sorry, I'm watching different things. I, To my knowledge, I, I may be at 448 survivors, quote-unquote, met. I counted Tyler Fredrickson before I met him. But looking at some of these pictures, I'm I'm certain I met. I know I saw one of these people, and uh, so I guess Chris might be the 447th and 448. Maybe an individual named uh, Brett, I believe. But I did not speak or interact with them. I am a I have a lot of insider information, but they looked fresh off the island, and. Uh, I don't. I don't remember seeing him, but uh, I definitely just called it. There's this guy named Chris Hammonds from Oklahoma City. I totally saw him, and I think he had a connection to a past player. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, the one thing I will, and I'm 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 very supportive of the Survivor uh, program, but the one thing I am big about is the Survivor logos, um, and I just do not like this new uh, Survivor logo. It's just not, I don't know, I thought the art department could have brought something a little better. <laughs> it, it's uh, not the best looking thing. I, I think the theme's interesting, but when you get anything where you go Generation X versus Millennials, I think Millennials technically are born after 1982, and I don't know how that far back Generation X goes. I think it's to the um, early 70s possibly late 60s, but when you get a range like that, you know, I was born in 1979, but I consider myself hardcore Generation X, but because I work with millennial students all the time, I've had to accommodate and do things because our students are millennials. So I know that they're close, but I I know that some of the, somebody born in like 1983 or 1984 would technically be a millennial, but 
doesn't necessarily mean they are. And there's just like I said, older folks that, you know, and, you know, there's pros and cons of any stereotype or listing like that. So it's, it's curious. I'm going to see who's listed with where their ages. And then when we finally get to see their bios and their videos, who, who you like and who you don't like, and it probably won't matter who's generation X or who's a millennial. Cause I know in Nicaragua, it was all people over 40 and under 30. And I think, I think that put a, the spotted tribe at a huge disadvantage, just no offense. It's just harder to do some things when they were, older and older tribe. So I'd be curious to see who's on which tribe and who I like and who I don't like because I know when they've done things like this, if it's all women or all men, different kind of breakups when there were the racially divided tribes, you know, there were people you like and people you don't like and it wasn't because they were Generation X, it wasn't because they were Asian, it usually isn't because they're a woman, it's because they're a woman who acted like this on their video or said this in their uh, bio, you know, or when Jeff did his sizzle reel going through the cast, you know, he may have persuaded you to not like somebody just because of his little blurby set. So um, it's going to be, it's going to be curious. And I, you know, can't wait for the fall. And from talking to the cast, I did mention to many of them that I have, that we do this podcast and radio show. So I think a lot of them were on board. You know, Nick seemed interested. Neil did. I've, you know, talked to some of the pre-jury folks. There's going to be several charity events this summer that I can reach out to them. So I think we're going to have a really good slate of people coming in to talk about the show. And uh, once we, once the official, we'll do a, we'll do a preview show in September for this cast once it's officially released, because there's all kinds of information now. They just got back from uh, 33's location, which will be back in the beautiful Fiji, as Jeff mentioned. Um, we'll go through the cast and go through the Generation X and the Millennials and, Kind of see who we like and who we don't like with all of our guests. So from what we saw on TV, were there anyone that resonated with you, Sherry, that you, you really liked, like that they sound like a cool character, or anyone that you didn't like just from that, you know, two-minute thing we got to see last night? It was really difficult to pass judgment so quickly. Um, I'm, I need a lot more before I pass judgment on somebody. Mhm. So you know, not yet. Um, but I'm I'm probably going to be rooting for the, the older generation, <laughs> um, which is what I usually do. <laughs> I mean, I think it takes a lot more for them to be out there and and live on the island and play survivor it's tougher Mm -hmm. for the older you get um it's just harder and so i give them kudos for for even going out there and doing it i mean and i have to give props to joe getting it done at 71 oh my gosh that guy was amazing you know he may not have been the best at challenges but he hung it out there until, you know, he was taken out by eating too much protein and it, you know, physically made him sick and had to be taken out from the game. But mm-hmm. he was still, you know, if he hadn't gotten that challenge, hadn't gotten to to go to that reward, he would 
have probably made it to the end unless you got voted out. And I think a lot of people were thinking about taking him to the end because they didn't think he would get any votes. So he may have made it all the way to the very end had he not went to that reward. And I think Aubrey would have won the game because if he's there, if it's a final three and he's there, most likely they would they, they would have had the numbers with almost any scenario to knock out either Sydney or Michelle and then the other one. And, you know, weird things could have happened, but I bet Aubrey would have gotten to go to, you know, at least against – if she had gone against Joe and Ty, Aubrey's your winner no matter what. So, you know, unfortunate things like that happen. But Joe was very resilient. Got to Joe was great in person, so friendly. Um, he didn't look as ripped as on TV, but Joe is uh, built like a brick shit house, and I wouldn't want to mess with him, even though he's he's almost turned seventy three, I think. Um, so wow, yeah, he's and uh, on the collages I make, he uh, had an opportunity to meet Rudy, and on, I made sure to put that on the collage of a picture with uh, a picture of Rudy and Joe together, the two oldest players. And another funny moment. Oh, was that's great, Joe. Joe and Bob and Jillian got together, and their cumulative ages were 206, which ironically is the amount of weight I had lost up to that point. So that was that was crazy. And uh, just getting to see all my friends who I hadn't seen for six months, I had lost another 105 pounds, and I think or 95 pounds, and I think people were. You know, pretty shocked seeing something in pictures and seeing it in person. I was getting all kinds of compliments from the fans and the players. It was, it was a, a it was a lot of fun. Had a lot of pictures, retakes of pictures, and great comments from people. And even uh, the, my great relationship and rapport with Jeff's mom and dad and family. Uh, the night of the party on Tuesday. There were there, there were two hotels that the, the survivor uses, and we were at one in the castle, and other, so we were going back and forth between the two. And we went to the cast hotel, and we'd been hanging out all day, but we had to go change, and we came back. Uh, in the hotel was Jeff's mom, Barbara, and his his brother Brent, and his wife Hillary, and their daughter Amanda, and they all just basically came out to see me and wanted to make sure they got a chance to talk and get a picture and see how I was. So that was very, uh, a very moving moment. Uh, and then there were several conversations with, you know, cast members, uh, president and past, just, you know, seeing my story and for friends they had, they wanted me to talk to their friends because they were about to embark on their own uh, fitness transformation. So uh, Jen Brown from, Worlds apart, we had an amazing conversation, and I did almost tear up. Just you know, she was just so shocked. It's the shocking thing, and I don't have the luxury of going six months or a year without seeing myself. So I I don't appreciate it as much as everyone else. Uh, I appreciate it, but it's shocking. I mean, you know, Derek's there. What was it like seeing me? You hadn't seen me in what a uh, two or three months. What was it like? It was a huge change over just two or three months. I mean, the transformation you've gone through from the start of this until we saw each other in January to go to New York. Yeah. And then uh, the the transformation from New York till now was just, I mean, you're you're not the same person, Mike. We'll just put it that way. There you go. So, Sherry, we'll get to meet Sherry. You'll get, Derek, you'll get to meet Sherry, and Sherry, you'll meet Derek, because uh, you're still trying to get to reality for diabetes, right? Absolutely. Yep. So we'll have our own uh, reading of sorts. So it's, 
it's really great to see. And, you know, I know these people all love me before. I'm mean, not all of them, most of them. But uh, just seeing that, that uh, interaction with people, it just really, you know, it keeps you motivated. We went out. We did a few things we don't normally do, my friends and I. We, we typically hang out in the hotel lobby for uh, days on end, stalking quasi-celebrities. And we, one of my friends who had just moved out to Los Angeles, we organized a trip to walk to the Hollywood sign. And it was that particular day was Tuesday, and we did it in the morning. I walked, and all of us were close to We walked 10 miles. We went up about 50 flights of stairs going up these hills. And according to my um, my Fitbit, I burned 9,300 calories that day, which was just just insane. And, uh, and we went on a trip. We took uh, our friend Kevin is long in the tooth, and he would definitely be beyond the uh, Gen X tribe if he was to play in a future season. And we all hiked this thing, and it was a crazy adventure. And we're going to do something else next finale so we don't just sit on our butts, you know, stalking these survivors. So that was a lot of fun. And the other big thing that um, I got to – I've already met and talked to Lynn several times, Lynn Spillman, the – Produced the casting director for Survivor, The Amazing Race, and I think she works on a few other things. I got a picture with Lynn, so we can, in future promos, use that. Um, it'd be great if she came on the show. I, I doubt that will occur, but, uh, yeah. And my elusiveness, I was trying to get in a picture with Jeff and Mark. Uh, didn't happen, but maybe next finale when I'm down, you know, who knows, 60 pounds, 80 pounds, who knows what it will be. Maybe I'll snag that picture. But it was a great weekend, Sherry, um, or week. Sorry, I'm on the old set of when this used to be Friday through Sunday. But a lot of fun, and uh, can't wait to go back. It will be my 16th finale weekend in a row. And I encourage any fans listening to this to, hey, just come out, and you don't have to go to the finale. You can, you know, Come meet all the fans, meet the players. We had, There was a cool family that just happened to be there visiting Universal Studios that kind of just fell into this amazing weekend. And they had a husband and wife and two little girls, and we got to introduce them to all the survivors, and they were really cute talking to everybody. So we just had a great time. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know if I can, how far we can stretch this, but it was a great episode, great season. Um uh, I don't really know if Michelle is a great winner, but she's a winner nonetheless. And uh, I liked it a lot. And um, it was a great – I was just a great a great season. I, I love all Survivor. It's all good. And even some of the critiques I've had for next season, I'll be watching it two or three times a week, and we'll be, we'll be talking about it on Mike on the Mic. So I, I don't – I don't know. Any other questions from the finale? I was really glad that they did show Mark Burnett um, on TV. They did pan up and show him. I believe it was when Jeff was talking about um, Mark the chicken, and he said Mm -hmm. there was a chicken that was named Jeff, but he got eaten. He goes, and Mark was actually named after this guy, and they panned up, and uh, he told the cameras to pan up and, and show Mark Burnett. And so they panned up and showed Mark Burnett sitting um, behind 
the scenes up there, and he he waved and kind of made some chicken-like motions, like, you know, and acting kind of funny. But it was nice to see Mark Burnett there, and I was wondering if you were able to get pictures with him or not. But they they changed the they changed the rule for seat fillers and in the studio in itself they were very in the past they were kind of open about you know cell phones it says on all the literature not to bring it but it wasn't a big deal I don't know if there was they didn't want to take pictures to see his face or if there were some flashes during the live show uh, camera flashes not actual flashing that would, that would have made a great finale that would <laughs> but I, they were very particular about their cell the cell phone usage. And, um, yeah, it was, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? I know we were talking about her paying enough to, uh, to, oh yeah. I, we didn't get, we didn't get to, I didn't get to talk to, to Mark. Um, I wish I could have jumped over. I was about four people in, in my seat. Usually I've been on aisle on seat filler so I could just, you know, you know, dive out and, you know, meet, uh, Tyler Perry or whoever else was there. Uh, I did go say hi to Cox. They were pretty protective of Drew Carey, so I didn't, you know, no one could get near Drew Carey. I was going to tell him I was from Ohio, and we would talk about how awesome people from Ohio are, but I didn't get that that chance. But, yeah, Mark was there, and we usually, you know, sometimes you see Mark, sometimes you don't. Uh, It was great to see him there up in the sound room, you know, clucking like a chicken, and it's unfortunate that Jeff the chicken was eaten, but you know, Mark the Chicken is somewhere in Cambodia now doing something. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I was interesting, but no, I did not get to talk to, to Mark at all. But it was great to see him without that big old biblical Amish beard he had for a couple of years. He was clean shaven. I think it's a better look for Mark. So, but, yeah, we, I, did, I didn't see him, but not speak to him, so. Well, it certainly sounds like you had a lot of fun. And what was go- it like going to uh, the Late Late Show with Jeff uh, with James Corden? Uh, it was the second time to go to that. We we even made sure I actually Bob went with me. He was the Survivor eye candy that got to go with us and our friend Kevin. And um, it was my second time, so I was a bit I was a bit jaded. But Kristen Chenoweth was beautiful. Dominic Cooper was hilarious and there was a lot of sexual innuendo and then uh it was just a fun show bob what do you think of the late late show I, I thought it was really entertaining that was the first time i had a chance to do that and uh i really appreciate you bringing me along um i realized i probably wasn't a, a good uh substitute for kelly <laughs> i took a look in the mirror before we went in and i realized that i'm not a good substitute for kelly but i appreciate mike you know bringing me along <laughs> Yeah, it was a it was a fun show, and uh, well, I'm pretty sure if you screenshot that, you can see my thinner self and the already slender Bob, and we were in the crowd. And but I think Kevin's between us, so check that out online. So we had a we had a great time, and just want to give you know shout outs to the CBS network. They're they're an amazing thing, and they, all the shows I watch are on CBS because it's the best damn network on TV. Amen. I've been All a CBS right. girl since I was like four or five years old. <laughs> I used to come home from kindergarten and watch CBS with my mom. So 
As a young Generation X kid, I liked watching Captain Kangaroo, and I'm pretty sure he was on CBS. If he wasn't, uh, we'll, we'll edit this out later. But that's all I, I got. I remember Captain that. Kangaroo. <laughs> he was, he all right, was, uh, well, I'm yeah. sure that once you get home and have, you know, things a little bit more stable, have your notes and have, you know, the ability to talk to these people once they're home and are a little more situated, we can invite some of them back onto the show to do interviews. But I know that this is like travel day for everybody going home. Mm -hmm. So it's a little difficult to get somebody to come on the show tonight. Um, As far as one of the current cast members, I appreciate Bob being there with you. Um, always awesome to have Bob Crowley with us, but hopefully you can get one of the, you know, current cast to come back and join you, um, soon and one or two maybe, and have sort of a wrap up of the season. And I know that you need to get prepared to get on your flight and, head home as well, so we can go ahead and wrap tonight up. But it's just been such a pleasure watching all your photos come in and seeing all the fun that you're doing out there. Thank you so much for sharing all those pictures with everyone. I hope you have safe travels, and I look forward to the weeks ahead and the interviews that you might do um, with the cast of Quran. Alrighty. I can't wait. We'll see what we can work up for next week or uh, definitely for next season. I know we're, many of them express interest, so it's just nailing down who's on which particular week. Alright. When you guys travel safe and I look forward to talking to all of you soon. Take very, awesome. very good care and get some rest. I know it's been a big week for all of you, so get some rest once you get home and um, enjoy all of the uh, the goodies that you got while you were out there because I'm sure you got lots of autographs and, and memorabilia souvenirs and all that kind of stuff while you were out there so enjoy all that good stuff those events are always so much fun Yep, I, uh, I've i got all my stuff all sorted through, and I'll put it on social media, and I've got a nice bag of uh, Chicago-style popcorn I will be eating on the plane, so it should be a, should be a blast. Right. <laughs> awesome. All right, hon, well, you t- guys take care, and thank you so much for doing the show tonight. I know it was sort of a, a tough time for you to do it, but we certainly appreciate hearing everything that was going on out there, and can't wait to do it all again next week uh, when you're settled at home and have a little more time and can tell us more stories about what all happened at the event, at the reunion, and maybe have a few guests on with you from Koran. So, again, travel safe. All right. Talk to you later, Sherry. All All right. Take care, guys. Thank you so much for joining us, Bob. And everyone in the car, I don't know who exactly who I was there, but everybody travel safe, and we'll talk to everyone soon. Okay, thank you. Take care. Take care.
Good night, everybody. God bless. Night. Night. I want to remind everybody that we do have a show coming up on Monday with Michelle Costa, and her special guest is going to be Ramsey from Big Brother Canada 4. So make sure you're here with us at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central for Manic Mondays with Michelle Costa from Big Brother Season 10 and Ramsey from Big Brother Canada 4. We're going to wrap tonight's show up with Ron, as we always do. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Take care. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. For Mike on the Mic with Mike Albright. Here's Ron to take us out. Good night, everybody. Have a great one. Here we go. I want to finish off the show with a little music and say to all of my listeners, thank you guys, and thank you all for coming in. God bless you, and thank you for listening to the show. And it was a great one. One last thing I need to say, and that is go Blues. My St. Louis Blues are playing tonight, and we need a win. So let's go Blues. All right, everybody. That's a wrap for tonight. Make sure you're back here with us on Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Michelle's going to have Ramsey. Don't forget, put that on your calendar. Have a great weekend. That's the wrap for tonight. Good night, y'all.